she's also the help because every single scene she's in, she's doing something while all the other nuns watch her doing that. Yeah, thing. yeah. that's what being a novice is all about. She hasn't <laughs> leveled up yet, so she's stuck doing all the work. Hey, Maniacs! Hey, Maniacs! Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy repack podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into the episode of a show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. You know what else we love? Uh, I'm Sarah. You know what else we love? What else do we love? Love Joy. Love Joy. Who can't can't love Love Joy? Everybody loves Love Joy. Yes. Uh, Two of the ladies from Love Joy, actually. We have Em and Polly. We're so excited to have you guys today. (laughs) We're very overexcited to be here. You might have to edit this one more than usual. Yeah, sorry. Because we get to talk about season 14, episode 7, A Sacred Trust. Or as I call it, nuns! (laughs) Nuns, nuns! There are a lot of nuns. Well, actually, there are not a lot of nuns. There's only five nuns. Yeah, not a lot of nuns. Although, actually, they do conclude there are enough nuns, don't they? That, that's technically enough nuns. But you only need two. And you need two nuns. So we, we have multiple, you know, nuns. <laughs> but I don't think Jones counts. We, we have more nuns at, no, we have more nuns at the start than we have at the end as well. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Unless Jones does count. I mean, oh, no, but even then. Anyway, I'm Even then, I'm we're down. <laughs> we're down that one nun. Because <laughs> Mother Jerome might be going to prison for blackmail now i don't think oh, she will black blackmailed a scumbucket but not mother jerome no mother yeah, julian i kept mother... getting them mixed up i thought why have you named them both after saints beginning with j there aren't even that many saints beginning with j you picked the two of them and you named yourselves after them just to confuse me you can say yeah. wheelchair nun and 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 blackmail nun. well wheelchair nun i just called um horrible grandma all the way through in my notes <laughs> <laughs> because she was played by Rosalind Knight, I think, is it? Rosalind Knight, yes. who plays Horrible Grandma in Friday Night Dinner. I, didn't, I don't know if you have that in the States, but everyone ought to watch it. It is my, oh, it is my it's favorite, really favorite, favorite comedy show in the world. And it's filmed at like, the end of my road. Our pub is in it. Oh. As the horrible pub. Nice. No, we don't get that show. Oh, if, if it ever you comes, you have a look. We do and don't get it's definitely strange what we do and don't get. It's worth a watch. Somehow, if- sometimes you get shows like for years that we're waiting on. So, if you ever get Friday night dinner, do watch it. It's about it, it's just about a Jewish family in North London, but it is fabulously good. Sorry, that was a big aside. <laughs> yeah, how did we get onto that? Because Rosalind Knight plays horrible grandma oh, in yes. Friday night dinner, and she plays Sister J, one or the other of them, in this. Wheelchair nun. Yeah. yeah, so we've got we've got four nuns. We've got Sister Jerome, who's in charge. No, Sister Julian. I just did it again. <laughs> Julian, who's in charge. Sister Jerome, who's in the wheelchair. She's the oldest. Then we have um, a Sister Thomas or Mother Thomas. They go back and forth between sister and mother, um, who gets killed. Yes. And then we have Sister Catherine, the novitiate. Yes. Yeah. She's nun. a starter nun. Think Sister Act. No, she's the one with the no, amazing no, voice in Sister Act, the little shy yes. one. Yes. She's also the help. Because every single scene she's in, she's doing something while all the other nuns watch her doing that. Yeah, thing. yeah. that's what being a novice is all about. She hasn't <laughs> leveled up yet, so she's stuck doing all the work. 
<laughs> so the cold open starts with some uh, hanky panky going on. Oh, in, yeah, just outside. Yeah, in How, the dingly dell. In the dingly dell. I, I want, so when the boys go over the wall to go break up the window, they all go over the wall. Mm. When the scumbag warlord goes over the wall to kill the nun, so the only way into this place is over the wall. Do you see uh, that young lady going over the wall? I would have climbed over a wall to get I into a dingly dell. <laughs> I have climbed over a wall in a, in a priory. This is going to be very oh, professional. Well, to go make out with a boy? No, but because I was staying in the Priory and I, we went to the pub, we were on a silent retreat. So we went out of the ground so we could talk. We went to the pub and we came back after they'd shut the doors. So I climbed oh, over the Let's climb the back in. Wow. Paul, I don't know you that well, but I cannot imagine you on a silent retreat. <laughs> well, I went to the pub. <laughs> I honestly, and will back me up. I have been, I've been on two silent retreats. I did not, however, stay silent for most, <laughs> most of I, them. Um, I left the grounds and you were allowed to talk. But that's why I've written all sorts about them being silent or not in this. I don't think I talk. could even do it for a day. Never mind multiple days. No, it was, it was only two days. It was a weekend. So we got there on Friday night. And then we were allowed to talk after the Sunday service um, at Sunday lunch. And we had wine with our Sunday lunch. It was a very <laughs> odd experience. And one nun read to all the other nuns because they all had to be silent over dinner, over meals and stuff. So one nun would read from a meaningful text and they would all sit and sort of look wise and no one spoke. And it, you could hear every clink, every chewing. It was, oh, it was really uncomfortable. It was so <laughs> odd. I can only imagine. Well, luckily in this episode, they have a table set for like 21. <laughs> there's only three of them at it. In the refractory. Yes. Refractory. Refractory. Refract there's only two R's in it. Refract refractory. I always want to put an R in the middle of it. It should be it. refractory, like refraction. Yeah, yeah, but it's refectory. So this young couple is suddenly interrupted by sudden nun. <laughs> yeah. Creepy black amorphous nun. I think yeah. I would scream too. Is that the shadow man or something? What's he called? Slender man. That's sort Slender of just man. this dark hooded figure. Slender nun. Slender nun. Slender nun. Is that your title? Slender nun. <laughs> yeah, I think we might have a title right there. And she steals his trousers. Yeah. I Which ends, right. ends up being important. Um, but I didn't figure it at all. I tell you what, the reason I knew that I'd seen this episode when it aired in the UK, which was in 2011, was because the boy in the Dingley Dell with the girl getting it on looked exactly like a boy that I went to college with, had a huge crush on, who is an actor, quite a good stage actor. He lives in LA now and had been in some like BBC ITV dramas and stuff. And back in 2011, I thought, oh my God, it's him watched nearly all the program thinking it was him <laughs> and then realized because of something one of the characters says later on of course it couldn't bloody well be him because it was about 20 years after we'd all been at college <laughs> so he wouldn't look like a 17 year old boy but yeah I've, i actually thought these were gcse kids i've written which is like 15 to 16 year olds but they weren't they were older than that i went that. into peak lovejoy mode at the very beginning and just wrote immediate peril music and then i wrote but no peril. I'm quite disappointed. <laughs> there was an immediate loss of peril. And a peril. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Duncan sneaks home and they're, they're, his parents are watching some horrible television show. 
I couldn't oh, I yes. couldn't figure out what they were watching or listening to. But it's some horrible television show. And then I was like, oh, he has a gorilla's poster. Maybe he's okay. No. Nope, he's a no. little shit. Oh. No. <laughs> All the way through. I mean so just... dislikable. He was just so oh. vile. If I had a kid who acted like that, it would be really hard not to throttle him. Just, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to hit him, but I might shake him. Just, he was just so objectionable and so entitled. And yeah, and, and actually not unrealistic. I've met people like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, he just got his driver's license a month ago and he already has a BMW convertible. Yeah. I was at uni with, the, I went to a university that, yeah, had a lot of people like this, doesn't it, him? But then he and his friends come back to to shatter the windows and oh, yeah. they have those awesome masks on. I love those masks. So there's five of them and we, there's, Charles is one of them for sure. And mm-hmm. the Queen is one of them for sure. And we think Ronald Reagan's probably one of them. And Sean Connery. Sean Connery's one, yes. And then there's one that is black. And I don't know who it's supposed to be. I did not pay this much attention. Oh. <laughs> My notes right, just the queen. I noticed the queen. I did notice the queen. I don't I, think I, I made noticed... a note of anyone else. Well, I felt like I noticed Tony Blair, but maybe I didn't. Might maybe that was been. Ronald Reagan. Well, maybe the one we think is Sean Connery was Tony Blair. <laughs> I was very proud of myself, though, that I did write who is the strange woman in a red hat ringing the bell. Because, of course, that did turn out, it was, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Chekhov's woman in a red hat doesn't have the same name, does it? Yeah. Well, yes, but if you pay any sort of attention to this episode, there's no mystery here because as soon as you see the house again from the outside, you're like, oh, that's the house. That's the one, yeah. (laughs) That's where she went. Yeah. Whoever she was. So those windows that they shatter, they say they're Burn Jones. I went to Ben Jones exhibition at the uh, at Tate Britain about two years yeah. ago. It was lovely. That I realized looking into him it. that I got him confused with Dante Gabriel Rossetti a lot. Because they're <laughs> both pre-Raphaelites, yeah. right? <laughs> Draping all their girlfriends in togas and stuff. <laughs> Only dating girls with long red hair and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they find the damage the next day and Jones is on the case. Jones is such a good cop in this episode. <laughs> he is, actually. Yeah. I love him. I also well, love the, some of their exchanges then, all through sister, the episode. Sister Jerome has the little door and she's like, go away. Clank. Yeah, that, was, like, that, that was very believable. No police. I, like, I like the fact that they set her up right from the start. I just thought, yep, she is a nun. And she was horrible, really dislikable, pompous, arrogant, like secretive, convinced she's right. Oh, we're going to go and pray about, yeah, don't mean to say. But okay, I was taught by nuns. I've got a lot of angst to get out of my system in this episode and i really really disliked her and i was i was quite pleased at how well they did at making me really dislike her Mm. she strikes me as very fearful yeah but there's two types of nuns there's there's this type there's that type of nun there's this sort of so like sister Britta used to be on the the um door of the catholic chaplaincy and used to go in and she would go you know what do you want what are you doing here and you'd go i want to go to, to church all right no that's fine go, go to mass that's fine and she would just interrogate you when you went in so there was that sort of nun little generally little bony nuns and then there were these sort of big jolly nuns like the one in sister act the, the really cheer, cheerful one in sister act there's no there's no oh, average nun. there's no nun about <laughs> whom i feel neutral <laughs> No neutral nuns. No neutral nuns. No neutral nuns. And they're bickering about the window. The nuns are bickering. A Burne Jones. Only four nuns, I've written. Yes. So 
they have a giant church. Mm-hmm. They have a refractory. <laughs> they have a a garden that could be on television. Yeah. Mm. Plus a dingly dell. Yeah. <laughs> plus a chicken coop. This and is a their garden. dormitory, their house, whatever. I mean, yeah, there's like five buildings there within that wall. A state is worth tens of millions of yeah. dollars and they don't even seem to they don't even seem to use it for other things so the the place that i've been to a couple of times i think they kind of took little groups in to make some money because they mm-hmm. were a much smaller community than they used to be 100 years before and yeah. this lot are not they're just sort of sitting seething in this kind of pile of <laughs> this expensive pile of real estate <laughs> Like, use the church to have wedding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you have to understand, so there's kind of like, there's lots of, of different groups of nuns, of course. They have slightly different flavors or whatever, but there's basically two camps. There are the nuns like these that are closed up mm. and separated from the world. And then there are the nuns who do things like run missions and schools and interact with people. And the nuns like these who are supposed to be closed off and isolated their job is to pray yeah that's what they're supposed to do is pray all the time and they get a list of people to pray for from whatever man is above them and they're like they're like little prayer machines they're just like a bank churning out the prayer yeah that's what they're (laughs) supposed to be doing so they have to be isolated from everybody to do that yeah, but you think they'd let other people come in and do a bit of the praying. That's what we used to do. We or, would rock or do up other things while them. they're yeah. praying. Yeah. Like, yeah, do the garden for them, you know, have a bit of a kind of <laughs> cleanse of the soul. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, they have the debate about whether to sell the silver or not. And I actually thought in my notes, I have, should Lovejoy not suddenly appear yeah, here? Yeah. I kept it expecting him to. And then I'm thinking, no, this isn't Lovejoy, Polly. You're not watching Lovejoy. You're watching. Yeah. We have silver to sell. He doesn't have to rescue the nuns who can no longer afford their effect directory. They can afford it, so they don't need Lovejoy. He, he doesn't, they don't but need the, to be saved. The guy that shows up, Peter De Winter, at first I was like, that can't be John Gielgud, but it's like low rent John Gielgud. His name's Philip Anthony, and he's been in the Lovejoy. Oh, I bet. It's John Gielgud, incidentally. Season three, episode eight. John Gielgud has also been in a Lovejoy. Yeah. And he was lovely in it. Of course he was. But De Winter <laughs> is typical antiques dealer. He's got a bow tie. And, mm-hmm. Yes. You know. Oh, yes. He's <laughs> a, okay, a man arrives with a briefcase. The music suggests villainy. <laughs> I don't think it was villainy. It I was don't use the word villainy. It's a good word. Also, my notes started off really detailed because then I've written, and then lets him in. Oh, my, I can't keep writing down every single thing that happens in this episode. It's two hours <laughs> long. Up, like about half a book. Yeah. So, Mother Julian goes to the hen house. You don't feed, I, I hate to play farm boy here, but you don't feed chickens at night. She's not feeding them, she's closing no, them in. She's chewing them in. She was doing the chicken shoeing action. She's trying to get all the hens into the hen house so she can close the door rather than them being loose in that pen. There was just a fox running around and I understand that the fox was a metaphor, but still, wouldn't she have shooed the fox away anyway? Then she gets it. Yeah. (laughs) No, putting away chickens murdered. Okay. Now, 
so we we go spoiler open, right? We assume so people have have re recently watched the episode. Yeah. yeah, so we're not ruining it. Yeah, and for a show that's been out for almost ten years, it's <laughs> okay. So this warlord who kills her by strangling her. Okay, red-haired Berenon goes to his house, tries to blackmail him. He comes back the next night, goes over the goes over the fence, and is going to kill her. Now he is a hired mercenary. Yeah. Right? He's a professional. Why does he not put a bullet in her brain or slit her throat? Like, this is a, that's a good point. The most difficult thing he can do. Yeah. I mean, Maybe because he figures she's a feeble old woman and it won't take a lot of effort. And it does find a weapon. I would yeah. still think that an like a mercenary like him would come with for sure's, not kindas. But yeah. I, yeah, that's probably true though, Em. So that there's no there's no weapon anywhere. There's no you know prints or there's no. And maybe <laughs> he's also just a massive egotist. There's like, oh, I can totally just take this old woman with my bare yeah, maybe hands. It's personal, I mean, it's he is a pompous little twat, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so. wouldn't he do the head twisty neck breaky thing? Uh, yeah, you know, okay. you know the other thing. It's a metaphor because that's how you would kill a chicken, and I know that because my sister in law's one of my sister in law's chickens got kind of ravaged by a ravaged, not in the <laughs> not in that sense, got got badly hurt by a fox. So we decided we had to you know oh, so do sad. away with it, and we both bottled out. So she rang her dad. My sister-in-law rang my, my father-in-law and was like, "Are you are you sober enough to drive? Could you come over and kill a chicken?" So he came oh. over and he rang this chicken's neck in this box, and as it, we were like, "Oh!" and as it died, this shot of feathers went up and it did this like big death kind of <laughs> death rattle oh, thing. No. And, but because he was holding the body in this bucket, all we could see was these feathers whiz into the air like something out of a like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Oh, well, that never happens on TV. They just go snap and it's done. Yeah, yeah well, I, I no. perhaps he just didn't do it very well. <laughs> there was there was chicken no, no. everywhere. No, it that's how it happens. Yeah. Farm boy once again. <laughs> it was very yeah. disconcerting. We had to drink a whole bottle of wine just to recover. Mm. I was vegetarian for eleven years for a reason. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, as soon as Kate comes to see the body, she knows she's been strangled because she's got petechiae. Yes, and I loved this. I was like, surely anybody who watches Midsummer Murders must know the word petechiae the same way that people who watch Casualty know what tachycardia is. Yes. <laughs> He's tachycardic. Okay. But do, but do you know I don't know. I can't really remember. And then I was like, is this how I know this word? But I think I know it from listening to too many true crime podcasts. Yeah, I think that's how I know it too, is by watching way too many yeah, I did uh, not British murder mysteries. This was a yeah. this was a whole a whole new world for me. <laughs> yeah. So so I knew what they were, but I'd never really thought about why they are the telltale sign of being strangled. Ooh. You yeah, know, horrible. so petechiae are these like busted blood vessels. And when you're strangled, they're usually on your face and especially in your eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. And apparently what happens is that and they only happen above where you're strangled. Mm -hmm. So the veins are not constricted because they're deeper inside your body or the arteries are deeper inside your body. But the veins are. So the blood keeps going, but can't get back. <laughs> so it kind of backs up in these little veins and capillaries and they explode. Oh. And oh, that's you why it happens. This is not a fun time. This is, this is not a fun time. No. You, it yeah. happens when you, when you have a tourniquet too. Like so it, somebody yeah, puts a tourniquet on your yeah. arm and they leave it too oh, long, yeah, you can get goes, them yeah. above, yeah, right above where the tourniquet oh. is. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> That's why you didn't just slit her throat, because then we wouldn't have those interesting yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. See, this is learning educational, educational uh, programmes. <laughs> I like to learn. Underneath, yeah, funnily enough, underneath this bit I've written is a nun's job praying, which we've just answered. <laughs> you just, yeah. So, so clearly it was indicated within depends this that a nun's job nun. is praying. Um, it depends yeah. on the nun. I did enjoy that uh, Jones, when they say that they're going to pray, Jones <laughs> curses and he goes, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> there were some brilliant little snippets and bits, little asides and bits of conversation between throwaway comments between the two of them that were just amazing. I hope, I'm hoping I've written some of them down rather than just gone, ah, 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 and actually was enjoying them too much to write them down. But later yeah, on. Yeah, because there are all those moments where it's like, no, no, this is a murder investigation. And the nuns are like, nope, time to pray. And they just yeah. spin yeah. and walk away. Like, Bye. um, wait a minute. Yeah. Or when Barnaby says, maybe we should set up an incident room here. She's like, was, okay, yeah. but you'll have to be quiet from this hour to this hour and this hour to this I, hour. I wrote down the hours from 10 till 12, then two till five, and then nine till six. So your instant room will have to be silent. I also thought, do you have to put an instant room there? It couldn't really help to have it on site. Well, and also later on, he's like, I called you three times, even during the non-quiet yeah, hour. That was, brilliant. Yeah. that was brilliant. That was very funny. And I was delighted to see John Barnaby because I, I haven't sort of sat down and, and watched Midsummer properly, properly since I was really into it, probably around this time because I really like Neil Dutchen. I think yeah, he's Yeah, I do actually. I, I really liked him in um, that thing with Diana Rigg, the Mrs. Bradley mysteries where he's the mm -hmm. show. He was very, oh, he's very good in that. I love the, him in that. <laughs> those Mrs. Bradley murders is one of those shows where you're like, why are there not 10 seasons? Yeah, of it's so good. Because it would have been excellent. So Duncan is a jerk. His dad is a jerk. And now we get Father Behan, who is also a jerk really and the messiest is. priest I have ever seen. <laughs> but he's just like to me, again. a priest is Father Brown, and they have somebody who comes and does a Mrs. Doyle. Everyone should have a Mrs. Doyle. Where is yes. Mrs. Doyle? He probably just patronized her out of a job. She probably just went, <laughs> you know what? Screw this. Because he is just, oh, and again, I've met, there's two types of priests. They're the pompous ones who are very much like, well, I know my scripture and I can tell you, well, why you're wrong. And then there are the gentle ones who are in it because they actually like people and kind of want yeah. to, and, and again, it's Emma <laughs> <I'm> sniggering. Sorry. <laughs> I can't cut that bit out of me sniggering. Emma and, I, Emma and I know a lot of, we sort of collect, well, we collect Anglican ministers, don't we, rather than Catholic yes. priests, but. Yeah. Yes. So, Where do so you I, keep them? In the, in the wardrobe. No. <laughs> one of them. One of them is now a bishop. We have a technical question here. Mm. Um, he call. He says, "I wasn't going to set up a lap dancing club." Now they're not called lap dancing clubs here. They're called strip clubs. Mm. Are they called lap dancing clubs in England? Sometimes we try to pretend uh, they're not strip clubs. Call so, them a strip club. Or do we they call them, call them gentlemen's clubs or? They call them Spearmint Rhino or uh, <laughs> what's the other one? Well, I mean, Spearmint Rhino would call it that. Spearmint Rhino would call itself Strip a gentleman. Would it a gentleman's club? Yeah, gentleman's club. Gentleman's club. Which is confusing because there are gentlemen's clubs that are not that at all. Because the Carlton yeah. clubs are gentlemen's club as yeah, well. Yeah, like the Athenaeum is yeah, not a strip that's club. A, no, that it's a not. gentleman's club. <laughs> like I was wondering if they intentionally made him sound unaware of what to call those things. Or is he trying to be kind of risque and modern? 
He's awfully kissy for a priest. <laughs> he's only kissy with one person, and those two are way too close. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, I say he's awfully kissy, but with Duncan's mum, with the wrong mm-hmm. person, and well, frankly, though he's not massively attractive either. He's obnoxious and horrible. I mean, they're welcome to each other. Really. <laughs> Just, I wasn't impressed by very many people in this episode. I must say. <laughs> You like Jones? You like Barnaby and everybody else? I I quite like the nun in a wheelchair, even though when she has that first conversation uh, when they're investigating and she sat by the window talking about her garden and she manages to make it sound really sinister somehow. I did that garden. It's my garden. Yeah. And you think, why is she? And then she pretends to be, you know, do Lally. Yeah, even though she's obviously not. Obviously not. She can even walk. Mm. Yes. You, uh, I mean, well, I Catherine has to push her ass around all the time and uh, she can walk. It's part of Catherine's I was training. convinced it was her, like, for at least 20 minutes. I was like, look, she can get up, she can walk, she can I done assumed it. it wouldn't be for that reason because it was too obvious. <laughs> I've watched enough Agatha Christie to know that it's never, you know, the obvious. I can only imagine what the episode would be like if it was Mother Jerome the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really different. <laughs> I, include I, the killer I, as inside the priory. I did assume, I, I, I must admit, until he then got his comeuppance, I assumed it was the priest. And then, I, But oh. I did also think it might have been Duncan's dad just because he was a big bloke. I also, I also thought it was um, Sister Catherine for ages. So I was completely just, including the fact that I had already seen this episode and remembered it. So you'd think I would have remembered what happened, I, but no. I thought Sister Catherine may have got someone to do it for her, but wasn't her. I thought there might be some elaborate, you know, in cahoots thing going on. That you would be serious commitment on her part. If yeah. she went there as a novitiate and was a nun for three years just to have the opportunity to knock these old ladies off so that she could get her inheritance... That's commitment. But you know, yeah. you'd never suspect anything of somebody who'd been there three years, would you? So, I've been here three years. I've been silent for three years, except between the hours of 12 and 2, you know. You just have to knock one off a year or something. <laughs> no, well, and Barry and Katie at the pub are such non characters yes. that they barely get a name. And I spend the whole time looking at all the other stuff in the bar. I'm like, oh, they're talking, blah, 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 blah. Holly, what's that? And I'm like looking at all the other things in the bar. Was the guy behind the bar minty from EastEnders? I have no idea. I've never watched EastEnders, believe it or not. (laughs) And I love when Katie goes, she was headed to the new houses. The rich houses. Yeah. But again, it's one of those villages, though, isn't it? Again, with, oh, we've been here all this time, and they come in, comes in here with their, oh, that's terrible accent, I'm going to stop doing that. But, you know, that, that whole sort of them and us, old village, new village. New, and even new though money, Duncan's family is super wealthy and their house is nice, oh, yeah. it's like an arm's reach from the neighbor. Yeah. yeah, it's actually that it was a believable. I mean, they always are. And this was all filmed, by the way, around um, Tring. It's in a very nice That's area. Cool. If, you ever, if you've ever been around there, and it, but it is a bit like that because it, it's basically commuterville. So mm. actually, it has the this aura of being very kind of nice, and but everyone's on top of each other. I mean, literally in the back of a priory, but you know, yeah, uh, with no trousers. <laughs> That's what Dingley Dell does to you. It is. <laughs> or you know, you pile on a nun in the chicken coop. <laughs> It's just too crazy. So they find out by looking in the safe that uh, the silver, the chased silver is gone. Dun, dun, dun. And of course, I'm like watching her pull the keys out of the drawer like 15 times because I want to see what is underneath the keys. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's a tax bill from 1986. <laughs> I mean, that's commitment to podcast. <laughs> you did well, that. Okay, times. so this is how Mark watches Midsummer, though. Like, we don't even have to talk about our research because I know anything that's on paper, he is going to look at. He goes to the hospital for some reason here, and I don't like that he goes to the hospital because every other time, the morgue is with, attached to the police station. I, yeah, they put up signs and everything for the hospital. It's different. Yeah. Um, because I'm a broken person, as soon as I see Father BN walking around, I wonder, what do they wear under cassocks? <laughs> is that like a kilt where you... Uh... Well, it goes down Not to their ankles. Bike riding. You can wear anything, <laughs> technically. Oh, can you, Polly? I don't know. What is the rule? I mean, you will, you'll have to... I think you should ask our bishop friend. I'm sure he'll spill the beans on <laughs> what... Tell us. He'll, he'll definitely tell us. He just sent me, he sent me so many pictures last night of him in his various bishopy outfits. I said, are you going to make a calendar? If you've got 12 outfits, you could just make a calendar. <laughs> well, so I looked it up because my search history is just <laughs> bad anyway. And they do wear pants underneath them. But good. nuns, under their habits can wear all kinds of things. Classy. Like they can wear, they can just have street clothes on underneath them. They can have long johns on. Like, why, why would you wear all that stuff underneath all that stuff? Oh. And yeah. did, I, did I ever tell you I sang in the Royal Albert Hall with no knickers on once? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sang in the on Royal Albert Hall with no knickers on once. It's a long story though. On I think that's on the purpose. most important part. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I was in um, a, choir that sang in the proms and we all dared one another to do it oh, and i wish it had been more recent because there would probably then be footage of later on when we were all waiting outside after waiting for our bus we were all singing we're not wearing we're not wearing <laughs> we're not wearing underwear and all the bases went underwear <laughs> <laughs> We did. We all, we all, there was like a couple of little goody two shoes kids who were like, I'm not doing this. And all of us, because we knew it'd be a good story to like tell our grandchildren in the future, we're just this huge row of girls in these blue outfits with no knickers on underneath. That'd be on Instagram now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) The sad part is, is a siren went by while you were telling that story. So then they tell the 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 jokes, right? How how many folks? Oh, in this the, was the bit I was talking about. Yeah, go on. Sorry. To, uh, uh, plug in a light bulb because Barnaby asks, "How many nuns does it take, take to, to make a community?" Which is a fair. And question. then we looked up. I don't. I don't like Jones's answer to how many folk singers does it take to change a light bulb. I found a much better one. Are oh, you ready? Oh, go yeah. on. Mark's hey, like, Sarah, how many folk singers does it take to change a light bulb? Twelve. Twelve? One to change it. Three to lament the passing of the old. Two to sing about the social injustice that requires change. Two to complain that it's wrong to change it. And four to complain that it's electric. <laughs> Very good. Oh, I like the last that's, one. What, that oh, is that's amazing. What Ben said. You, you need uh, two to do an album with Billy Bragg about it. Yeah. <laughs> and how many nuns does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, go on. None, because nuns don't use light bulbs. They can always see the light. <laughs> then there's a gizmo that stops. I, I knew Sarah and I would both get caught up on this gizmo, this fingerprint gizmo, because <laughs> I'm like, 
it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? No, no I've, I've just written, this is all I've written. Uh, this is all I've written. Pa- pathology lab, strangulation takes a lot of strength. Next scene, fingerprinting nuns. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like the nuns are fingerprinting people. <laughs> a bit like potato printing, but it's like, you know. I thought that when they, did, like, what were they trying to do? I thought they were meant to be fingerprinting the nuns so that they could then dust for fingerprints and then check what the nuns had touched and what other people had touched. But they had like this yeah. sort of thing that made it look like they were looking them up in a database to see if they committed a crime. And at this point, I thought, oh, Catherine's going to have been a, a bad guy in a former life, but no. <laughs> and they only scan one of their fingers. Yeah. Like they, and then they instantaneously say, no match. Yeah. Is that like... Which you would never, yeah. se- you would never show that result to anybody. While you were investigating, no. them. yeah, because they're like, "Well, I didn't do it then." It's like they got all the information I'm... about fingerprinting from you know when you go to immigration and you just put one finger from each hand and that's it, and then they're like, "Yeah, fine, that'll do." So. Yes, yeah, so that's why they wrote it like that, and they were like, "Well, that's what happens when you go to the airport." Yeah. That's probably fine. Fine. Yeah. yeah. So Mark was Mark was like, "There's no way they only do their one fingerprint," and so because because we're nerds, this is what we do. <laughs> we look real close. We pause and we look at real close. Excellent. The um the software they show on the laptop is Cogent, which is a real company that does things like biometrics. Oh yeah. And they sell a little square one finger at a time fingerprinting machine, mm-hmm. just like. So what's fake is the database, is the yeah. no match. Because yeah. you know the Priory has really good internet access. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've got to do something in their two hours that they're allowed. I mean, maybe they're praying. Maybe they're getting prayer requests online. Maybe they are more modern than we thought. I yeah. think they probably use the Wi-Fi from the pub because there's a big sign about the Wi-Fi in the pub. <laughs> I which am... is the first Wi-Fi reference. <laughs> did they have Wi-Fi in 29? I guess they did. Does that mean they're doing what old people are doing, just stealing their neighbors? I love the idea that the nuns are nicking the neighbor's Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. They're not allowed to have smartphones, but one of them's got a laptop underneath their bed, yeah. you know, just like surfing the net. Yeah. See, so I, I learned, I fall into these holes. So I, I was looking at this company's website and they're advertising this new finger liveness detection solution. So, you know, on movies, they'll cut somebody's finger off and use oh, it to yeah. like bypass security or they'll pluck their eyeball out and use it. <laughs> so this yeah. company is coming, it has come up with a way of detecting whether or not a finger is real or not. Yeah. The fact that there's even a market for that is yeah. just really dark. Because, <laughs> you know, it could be like a latex finger or silicone, or it could be a dead finger. So one of the things that they look for is the blood flow in the finger. Mm-hmm. to detect oh, whether it's real sense, or not. I guess, make sure it's not dead or some kind of very clever, like a like printed on a 3D printer. Yeah, and sweat. All those people with bad c- circulation, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you just come in from the outside and you're cold, like, yeah. I'm alive, really? No. Well, you've kind of just got really bad diabetes that's starting to affect the end of your, you know. Yeah. yeah. You're out of luck. May as well get some rubber fingers. <laughs> no better. So, in a scene that can only be called it's a miracle she can walk <clears throat> she cut Catherine cuts her finger while chopping up tomatoes and then flicks it 
into the tomato. Oh, yeah. oh. But you'd think nuns would be a bit more impressive. If a nun gets up and starts walking, you'd think they would go, hallelujah, it's a miracle. Not like, holy <laughs> shit, she shouldn't be you're, walking. You're bleeding in the tomatoes, she says. Yes, yes. But that would get, that would make them like, get up and walk. Like flicks yeah. her finger. Like, like, oh, it's all right. That's the opposite of what you should do. <laughs> Stop it. Get a bit more out yeah. there. <laughs> it's so yucky. So they go and interview... Duncan at his house and his mother answers the door in one outfit and the, in the next scene she's in a completely different outfit. <laughs> yeah. Is she when she goes I to thought the, his mum was really dodgy. But dodgy? he's still arrogant in this scene. He really is despicable and he's horrible. Yeah, but you only have to look at his parents really, don't you? Well, his mum's just a bit stupid. Do you just think his mum was just a bit dim? Yeah. His like, dad's a bully. Was... His dad is clearly a type. He's a bully. Yeah. And his mum's just thick. Yeah. Like, if if I suddenly had millions of pounds, I think Sarah might be like, how did you get this money? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. if I thought one of my kids committed a crime, the last thing I would do is run across the village with a suitcase and oh, yeah. say, go, run! Run away, oh, run away no. you child! Yeah. Yeah, you know, you uh, a 17-year-old child off you. It's all right, they'll never find you on this island in your flashy car, <laughs> Mr. 17-year-old. I mean, what oh, no. stupid. It's, especially since he's so smart, he goes like three streets over and stays at a friend's. Yeah. I thought that was quite funny. You just think, oh, he's just a baby. He's just a pathetic, spoiled little baby, isn't he? And just handily, he happens to go to the school that um, John Barnaby's wife teaches at, so you can just ask him about him. Well, oh, that. man, does she put the smack down on those kids in the hallway? I'm like, <laughs> she's good at her she's job. <laughs> I like her. She's great. And she's right. So I'm like looking at all the stuff in the background. So there's the science block. Yeah. Which there was a sign for that. But if, if you, it's very hard to notice, but they all congregate around this sort of nude abstract picture in the hallway, in the, in the art hallway, mm. which like science gets a whole block, but art gets a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. That figures. Well, I had this whole thing in my head that they were like, let's meet at the naked lady. Teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> probably slide. true. Of course they would. The next line of my notes says, Mother Julian digs lazy holes. <laughs> She goes to bury her clothes in that little suitcase and she digs a hole exactly yeah, as deep as the suitcase well, is tall. They're good at economizing and nuns. They're not going to, you know, waste any soil. Again, was it was it meant to be sinister? You've got a nun digging a hole. I'm assuming that's no. supposed to be a little bit sinister, but it's at least really not isn't. an effective way to hide it. <laughs> when she puts the dirt back, it's going to be a mound. Yeah, Because exactly. she's dug it so shallow. Oh, it's a very weirdly shaped mole that's just built, you know, there's a little mole hill. So yeah, and now it's got a red mold. beret on. <laughs> a little mole. Yeah. Well, it's midsummer. It would be a badger. Yes, yeah. that is true. That is true. I, what I don't understand about the Barnaby's house life is why they can't give this woman an office in her own home. Living <laughs> <laughs> like a little cottage. They've got quite a nice house. Well, they do. They have two floors exactly. and they have room for a, a nursery next season. They have at least two bedrooms a, then. Yeah. yeah, you'd think at this point yeah, she would have, have one of the bedrooms. Did we have and, one? And, uh, in another episode, she's all spread out across the bed with all her papers and stuff. <laughs> well, mind you, that's kind of what I'm doing. The reason I've got this in my background is because I'm actually just, if I turn it off, which I'm not going to do, I'm just behind, there's a curtain behind me and behind that is uh, my bed. I'm just I'm in the corner of my, I'm in the yes. window of my bedroom. 
So Mrs. Barnaby asks why women become nuns. And I'm like, why is Catherine a nun? And there's no real answer to that in the episode. Like she's doing her postdoc work at Oxford and, you know, in her free time finds God and then goes to be a nun. People do that, though. There was a thing on Twitter today about someone's mother who, after her husband died, became a nun. And then lots of people were arguing with her on Twitter saying, well, that's not allowed. And he was saying, no, trust me, it is, because my mum was a nun. <laughs> She's a thing. And as long as they weren't divorced. You know, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. ah, well, we've got our own story about that this last couple of weeks, haven't we? Because our prime minister's just got married in a Catholic church. Third marriage. Oh. Apparently it's absolutely fine, because the previous two marriages were not in a Catholic church, therefore they don't count. Oh, excellent. I didn't know he got married. Oh, he got married yeah. to... Well, as they put it on the news quiz, Boris Johnson... This is the news that Boris Johnson has married his latest fiancée. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, so she... I mean, people do, though, become... I, I think, isn't there the idea that she's had this sort of potentially shining career but just realised there's more to life? I, she had an epiphany. Yeah, and, and people do. A lot of people... I think most, well, most it's people. It's coincidental that uh, that epiphany follows. You'll inherit this monastery. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, this but... is why I thought that Catherine was maybe behind everything because it felt like not a strong enough reason. Oh, like, and we don't know what order those things happened in. Did she yeah. find out she would inherit it? And but then, then when said... she's speaking to her parents, you, I think you see that she is genuine, and they they yeah. almost act as though she's been um, not groomed as such. But like, well, something's what's happened. How has she had this? But people do, and I think if you want... No, but I think you're right to call it, like, grooming, because I yeah. I think it it would be difficult. I, I cannot imagine if one of my kids decided to do that, like, how I would wrap my brain around it, especially since we're not devout. So if one of my yeah. kids suddenly became yeah. devout, it would almost feel like you've been brainwashed. There was a brilliant thing. I can't remember where I learned about it, but in a, in a lecture about the sort of cults and how we view cults. And they'd written about all this cult and they said, you know, this cult that, that makes women subservient and women have to only wear one color and they have to cover their heads and they have to do this and they have to do that and they have to, and it, you know, isn't this a terrible cult? And everyone went, yeah, it's a terrible cult, right. That's Catholic, it's, it's just Catholic church. And the word they'd use was convent backwards to say all oh, this awful mm. cult. And it was a really interesting <laughs> little piece of psychology that anyone reading about it would go, yes, oh, that's awful. This is extreme religion. Yeah. And actually it's the most, is it the most common religion in the world or one of, certainly? It's one of. Yeah, most common religion. And we go back to the pub and the drunk priest is drunk. And I'm staring at all the stuff in the background, including there's cost and ales. So one of the things they do in the production of, of Midsummer is because they can't show all the taps, of course, is they have cost and ales, which are, um, but also they have uh, one for Midsummer Abbas farmhouse cider sweet, which is what the whole last episode is all about. So they have kind of a pop, but they have a bigger sign that says "Open Mic Night," and I want to know who is coming to open. <laughs> I, as somebody who grew up in a very small village, I will tell you that a fourteen-year-old girl who's really good at poetry will go and say, "No, I am 18. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's what. That's what I do. <laughs> no, I am eighteen. 
Um, <laughs> let me read my poems. <laughs> ah, open mic nights are hilarious though, because we used to have one at my local pub and it would be sort of six absolutely terrible people, usually doing things like performance poetry, but badly, where they always, they thought really highly of themselves and they were doing that poetry where they put the stresses on random words for no <laughs> reason and do this with their hands. And there's a lot of that. And then you'd always get just some sort of, a uh, little shy looking person who would stand up and have the most stunning voice or do the most amazing, Ooh. you know, you'd, you'd have like one, one in seven people was not shit. And then all the other people <laughs> thought they were, they're, they're amazing. They're great entertainment. Open mic nights. And that's why you need alcohol to go along with it. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, what that makes it bearable. made a fortune on open mic nights. Everyone just, just line them up. Yeah. <laughs> when they go see the Bishop to talk to him about the, the situation, he has the most elegant, Little picnic case. It was oh. beautiful. I, I mean, would pack my lunch if I had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bishop. I thought he was very bishopy. It was very believable. And he washed his little cup out and put yeah, it back in. Yeah, he was very sweet. And the bishop didn't like the chaplain, did he? He said he was a bit of a meddler and he wasn't very clever. He basically said he was a bit dim. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably why he's um, um, having an affair with What's her name? Because we've already said she's a victim. Possibly. Yeah, because you don't put the rock star priest in Midsummer. <laughs> that was right? a, bit, a little bit mean in Midsummer, but you know, <laughs> it's fair enough. Then they do this thing that they do in Midsummer, where they don't have enough characters because <laughs> the situation where you're like, okay, it's obviously this guy, but we have to introduce some red herrings. Yes. <laughs> and have this dinner date between the Hendreds and the Flemings, who never yes. show up again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was the point of them? We already knew that the Hendreds were kind of rich. So we knew that already. So, and we knew that the dad was a bit of a git, although he was extra weirdly gitty in this. He was. Creepy. And then they have a scene in their car. And I was like, you paid these people for two seats? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they were trying to make some kind of point about his willingness to give to charity, maybe. Yeah, I get, yeah, maybe. But. Ah, if you got to put up with an asshole, do you really want the money? <laughs> I, I love that woman. She's like, okay, one more dinner, and then you got to get the money out yeah. of him fast because I cannot put up with him anymore. <laughs> I don't like those social awkward situations. They make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. When I watch them, I'm like, oh, it's so cringy. It's so, ugh, stop. <laughs> that's just life in Britain. You get that that's just our daily life, right? Those- well, and the police. <laughs> Kind of comes all the way across the room and kisses her. Oh, it was like, that was so awkward. But again, it's totally believable because in the UK, we are not so much that he, she's having, you know, d- doing doing whatever it is with the priest, but that awkward kind of, oh, look, it's so-and-so. Hmm. Yeah, oh. so just sit here and, and everyone's too uh-huh. polite. I mean, the number of times that I've been out with people that I think they probably don't want to be out with me. I don't want to be out with them. We're both too polite to say so. We both keep asking one another, oh, let's let's meet up for a pizza or whatever. Not you guys. But, I've, you know, I've got those friends that you meet, you meet about every six months. And yeah. you can tell that one or other of us has thought, oh, I better ask so-and-so out. I haven't seen her for a while. I'm a shit friend. I wonder how many of those relationships are, are going to be ended because of the pandemic. COVID. It's been great. You know, it has. I have, <laughs> I have. My friendship pool has diminished. It's kind of gone down because I had a lot of friends. And they probably felt the same about me, as I say, but in Britain, you, you can't sort of go about it in any different way. You need a, a massive, you know, global yeah. catastrophe yeah. To, yeah. to do the work for you. All your friendship <laughs> 
Yeah. Now just I, to make sure that all of your acquaintances fully atrophy. Yeah. Now I've basically got M and Helen. So it exceeds <laughs> the awkwardness threshold. If you were to see them again, yeah. you're safe. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I haven't seen them in a year or so. Yeah. <laughs> we're all like, I can yes, pretend I don't know them anymore. Off the hook. Meanwhile, we spot one of our friends in the audience at QI and we called him. <laughs> oh, Because so we watch TV too closely, I guess. <laughs> we picked him out of an audience. Uh, we're just broken. This whole plot with uh, Hendred being in Africa, I, I couldn't tell if the writers thought we were supposed to be able to figure that out just because there were some African masks on the wall yeah, in his I mean, house. My it- dad's got a load of African masks on the wall in his house. Although, to be fair, my dad also did work in pre-apartheid. What was, what was what is it before? No, during apartheid Africa. Was he a mercenary? Because apparently mercenaries have say, a lot of tchotchkes. It did, it did make me kind of go, uh-oh, that looks like my dad's house. <laughs> but yeah, Maybe there are like, nuns knocking on our door and I don't know about but it. I don't think they put enough suggestions. I mean, and you did because you had that moment in the church, didn't you, where she kind of had a bit of a funny turn. And somebody had mentioned like she did, she her being a missionary. Talk. Yeah, she said, oh, I was a missionary. And then she just didn't want to talk about it. So, anymore. but that's what she did all the time anyway. Yeah, time to pray. Bye. I guess you are supposed to probably connect that to the fact that he has this African stuff. But to be honest, I saw that and just thought it's another sign of this sort of pompous middle class misappropriating things because he thinks it makes him look interesting. Yeah, you know it's what not I mean? Unusual to see it in a yeah, middle class. Yeah, it didn't yeah. occur to me. It's not weird. Like, we didn't get all the clues, even though we're still going, oh, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it was at this point that I remembered that I'd definitely seen it before in 2011 because she, um, Mother Julia is remembering her time in Africa and remembering that she knew Duncan's, knew, that's not really the right word, that Duncan's dad committed atrocities <laughs> while they were both in the same place. And, um, and so when she saw Duncan, she thought, she immediately put two and two together and was like, that, that was, that was a and bit of thought, a long shot. No, start. it couldn't be him because he was obviously going to be 30, 40 years older or whatever. See, I and didn't then, really buy that at that point. Okay, there are 7 billion people in the world. Yeah, and also, yeah, like I say, thousands <laughs> of kilometers between things. Yeah. This guy ends up 20 feet from her door. This is... Like, but is the implication they're both sort of from that area and actually Africa was the coincidence rather do you know what I mean? Like they're they're both from Counties Hertfordshire or whatever it's you know, supposed to be this sort of yeah. But it works in reverse. I mean, yeah, no, I but yeah. It's unlikely. Oh I know is when I find kids licitly making out in the backyard, the first thing I think of is, do I recognize you? <laughs> yeah. Did you, do you look like your parents? Stand over them while he's got presumably going. With his mouth and yeah. trousers on. Oh, I'm sure I know his dad. I'm going to nick his trousers just in case. Not. She's got a whole collection of trousers. Yeah, she's just been waiting for years. She's just been nicking trousers willy nilly in the house. Someday one day, I will find. They're going to be his trousers. And there'll be something in the yeah, pocket that will tell her. Or he'll have his name like sewn into the back because he goes to a private school. And <laughs> My dad is an or, African you know. warlord. Yeah, yes, he's got a little note. In case My dad's in Africa and all I got was whomsoever <laughs> should find these trousers, I am the son of an African, you know, mercenary or Mercenary. Yeah, yeah I like him's idea. My dad was a, a mercenary, and all I got was these stupid trousers. <laughs> I like that. 
I don't even know how Matthew is supposed to recognize that she's a nun when she comes to see him. Yeah. Because she must have changed a bit, unless she was a really, frankly, she'd aged young (laughs) and wasn't a very, I mean, she can't look the same. She wasn't dressed as a nun when she was a missionary and she wasn't dressed as a nun when she went to his house. So how does he know to go to the priory to kill her? And the woman who plays her looks nothing like her. So how would he know? The woman who plays the young version of her. Yeah, so many. Well, the fact that they're like, okay, we have to do an African scene. Where can we film that in England? A quarry. A quarry. <laughs> Some random quarry. All of Africa is a desert. All of Africa yeah. is just this dusty, stony. <laughs> just turn the brightness up real high so it looks like the sun is just pelting down. And we don't have to build any buildings. We'll just put up tin shacks yeah. because everybody yeah. in, in Africa we won't is have poor. To buy any, we won't have to buy any costumes because we'll just have them not wear many clothes because, again, hot, yeah. poor. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad, really, isn't it? Just horrendous. <laughs> Did you notice the creepy picture of the Pope in her yes. office? Oh, my, I put that because also it dated it because it was Pope Benedict yep. and not Pope okay. Francis. And he's I like, like Pope Francis. Into the camera. Yeah. He's, oh, it's so creepy, that picture. But he, he always, I have to say, he was he was not blessed with a good face for pictures, was he, Pope no, Benedict? Not he photogenic. Looked, he, he was not, whereas the current one looks a bit like Jim Bowen, M. Don't you think he looks a bit like Jim Bowen? <laughs> a bit like Jim he Bowen. He did really just next time. <laughs> next time you see Jim Bowen, because I just can't look at Pope Francis for that. So do you guys know who Jim Bowen is? You won't, because he's They're very niche reference. He's this sweet little northern man. He used to be a headmaster, didn't he, in Clitheroe. He's this little northern man who used to present this awful budgety TV show called Bullseye. Bullseye was very good. Is that the darts game yeah. show? Yeah. Where, where they, okay. they always won a speedboat, even though they lived in Coventry. You know, it was that kind of... Well, there was a serial killer who was on that show. Yeah. And that's how they found him out. The, the Pembrokeshire killer. Oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> and it all comes that. around. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that reference was more appropriate than I realised. There you go. <laughs> Jim Bowie, a.k.a. Pope Francis. So the priest is killed, and he does a pretty good dead body here. Yes. Yeah, he does, actually. I'll say he doesn't, but he's got a tough job. (laughs) Like, his eyes move, his mouth is different, and each time the camera goes to him, but... I don't think I could do I it. I definitely either. couldn't do it. I thought we said that's the hardest. Thing. Wouldn't you get this? It's like I had an MRI once and I just, I'd never have I had this urge while lying down to like, but all yeah. I wanted to do inside this MRI was move. I just got this as soon as they tell you, you like urge to move and I move. pinned down. Mm. Yeah. Well, there, there's an episode called Electric Vendetta, which I know you guys have made reference oh, to, yeah. where there is a guy naked oh, yeah. on a gurney, full body, oh, yeah. with. <laughs> His eyes wide open, <laughs> but hanging out, and he is the greatest dead body ever. Yes, if there were Oscars for dead body even, acting. He is not even credited. There's no credit oh. for him. And we nominated him for an honorary BAFTA because we yes. thought that he should win the dead body battle. It's a special skill. I reckon there should be somewhere. I bet there is. I bet somewhere in some award set there is a dead body of the year. Like there's a bad sex award. Yeah, Yeah. it's a skill. It's got to be a skill. And so Mother Julian, correct me if I'm wrong, the way that I understand it Mm. is she forces Barnaby and Jones's hand by putting herself in danger by calling Matthew and saying, we're going to meet in the morning and you're going to give me this money. So she knows he's going to come kill her. So they have to go and do something. But I I felt that she 
possibly because she isn't because she is a nun that she would have sacrificed herself for to, for to the cause him. perhaps yeah i don't know you see her in a different you see her as this incredibly gritty brave woman once you know her background and actually what she's done and i know this sounds awful and judgmental about nuns but when you see what she's done in africa and that you think oh this is actually somebody who's really kind of done her bit so she knows yeah. what she knows how awful the world is which is why she's now kind of taking this other path to try and fix the world because arguably there was two, you know, it, it didn't yeah. work trying to do practical things. So she's going for the, I, I, I don't know, you, you could write essays about it. I thought it was actually really made you understand. Whereas Catherine, not dissing academics, I know Emmy, you love academics and uh, I know you guys are academics and I'm about to start PhD, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the woman who's sort of been in, she, she the implication is Catherine's not been out in the world to judge the world yeah. and then decide that she wishes to withdraw from it. She just wants to withdraw from it even more <laughs> than being an Meanwhile, academic. Yeah, I think Oxford? that's her mother's problem with it. Yeah. So. yeah. Meanwhile, all I've written down is I would not fit into clothes I had five years ago, let alone. That <laughs> <laughs> really concerned me. I was like, how has she got into those bloody clothes? And it's like 30 <laughs> years, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so depressing. I can't fit. Again, yeah. that was uncomfortable undressing. <laughs> the wimple. I don't want to see anybody in just a wimple. That's just, no. that's wrong. It's like naked, but with a bike helmet. Like, so. Before it needs more get, clothing. Before we get to the, the climax of the Jones and the outfit scene, they go to the antique shop. Oh, yes. We like this bit, we? That antique shop is a real place. It's in Henley. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I've been so to it's Henley. Tudor House. And it's funny because Sarah, Sarah, when we were watching it last night, Sarah goes, they would never have those copper pots out in front of the store like that. And I said, actually, they do. <laughs> Because they look like you could just pick one up and yeah. walk away with yeah. it. Because, of course, I found it on Google Maps to make sure it was the right place. And did street view. Excellent. Too. I love Henley. Have you ever been to Henley? When you come on no. your grand tour. Um, get to, get to you know, Henley. Henley's lovely. Henley, Henley's very nice. Well, and it's such a stereotypical antique shop with the sign that says, four more rooms that way. Because you know it's <laughs> yeah. like a warren of, oh, I you know, love like those shops. rickety staircases and... Duck and under they, that door, and then there's another space. They totally missed the chance to have, you know, somebody in a Raiders jacket and long, flowing black <laughs> 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 I, I would have been the best cameo, wouldn't it? Yeah. They could have easily had Tinker play that role. If, 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 yeah. oh, they could have had just in the background, just walking past, looking at like a Queen Anne coffee pot, you know, quizzically yeah. <laughs> in the background. That would have been the most amazing mashup ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, didn't think of it. But ITV and BBC, see, never the twain. Well, that's the thing. They'd never be yeah. as true, would they? Never the twain. <laughs> so she explains to Barnaby all the stuff that she did. We have the flashback to the... Quarry. <laughs> the quarry. <laughs> the dirt pit. Committed terrible atrocities in this quarry in Surrey. <laughs> I think she, I think um, Mother Julian does what she does because of the way Barnaby responds. He says, I know he's yeah. guilty, yeah. but I don't have enough evidence, yeah. but we'll get there eventually. And she's thinking, no, I want justice yeah, now. now. Exactly. 
Not when you get around to it. And maybe and he's, he's slimy. He's going to get away. And maybe she fears for her life, actually, because maybe she's, do you know what? He's going to realize he's basically killed the wrong nun. That's not a phrase you get to use very often. I mean, this is why you shouldn't try and kill a nun because they all just look like penguins. It's yes. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe she's thinking, well, what have I got to lose? You know, he's going to come for me or he's going to run away. Either way, this is not going to end well. So let's just, you know, let's take a risk. So she sets it up and says, basically, he's going to come kill me tonight. You better do something. Huh. It's a bit mean, isn't it, really? What they she do forces their hand. In a penguin suit. Yeah. <laughs> so we, when, of course, knew this was coming. I love when they get Matthew up and they ha- handcuff him. He's like, who trained her? <laughs> you know She's like, ninja disappointed Because I thought it actually was her. And I was a bit disappointed because I thought, oh, I would have loved for her to be a secret ninja nun. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been girl yeah. power in the extreme, wouldn't well, it? No. You're right, because I thought it was Catherine and they just put a younger nun in, one that was more kind of feisty. Or no, old nuns are much scarier. No. Yeah. I, I, would, I can totally, totally buy a karate-chopping karate nun. Mm. And I, I am a broken, broken person because I'm like, <laughs> if you move the fence like that, the chickens are going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, replace their chickens. They yeah. were all in the pen. They were all closed in the house. Mm. Yeah. You, you have to grow up on a farm to realize that you constantly <laughs> worry that animals are going to get out. I love if the whole thing had failed all at the last minute just because she went, oh, hang on, the chickens have got out and he's going to strangle her as she runs off to get that. I mean, that would be, no, no, wait, I'm trying to, anyway. I do like a nice excuse to see uh, a bloke dressed up in some mad ecclesiastical. Again, this was very Lovejoy, wasn't it? Yeah, often Lovejoy will randomly yeah, dress up. Yeah, he's very dressed up. Yeah, and, uh, I like that. A picture of him with his 16-year-old flip phone. I <laughs> yes. also, I love that it was him dressed as the nun, given that he was the one who basically found the whole thing utterly ridiculous. Found, you know, he didn't even try to understand nunning. He yeah. was just not having it. Nunning. <laughs> It's a verb. Yeah, I don't. I don't none. I was just at home nunning the other night. I don't know. <laughs> nunning around. <laughs> this is another great midsummer that just ends. <laughs> well, I had the camera phone. I liked that bit. Did, that was good. It, that was that, very funny. That felt very nostalgic. Cause I'm sure I had an. I'm sure I got myself an iPhone for my thirtieth birthday, which was the year before this, and I felt very behind the times. So why he had some sort of ancient. I don't know what he was using, but it looked really old. Maybe maybe I'm just old. I, th- well, I think he's just not cutting edge techie. <laughs> yeah. But then, so the closing scene, Catherine has taken her vows, right? She's an official yep. nun now. Mm-hmm. She's she's leveled up. <laughs> and her name... Out. <laughs> yes. And her name is Athenaeus. Yep. They'd run, no. out, they'd run out of people beginning with J by this point. Ath- Ath- Athens... Athanasius, Sius. Oh, did I write write it down? I mean, I didn't. It wasn't Aloysius, was it? No, No, it's Athanasius. Athanasius. Aloysius, I always remember because it was the teddy bear in uh, Bride Said Revisited. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to know who this is. There a Saint Aloysius? There is a Saint Aloysius. There is a Saint yeah. Aloysius Church on um, uh, that road opposite Evershaw Street. Oh, saint I thought you were going to say Saint Aloysius is the patron saint of whatever, but she's not Aloysius. She's, she's not. No, anyway, she's, she's Athanasius or Athanasius or something. Who was at the Council of Nicaea? The saint. He's, yeah. He goes way back, way oh, way wow. back. But I love that they're like, Jerome, 
Thomas, Julian, Athenagnosis. <laughs> yes. The best name ever. There was a nun at this place that I went to called Sister Scholastica. Isn't that the coolest yes. name? I love Scholastica. I love it. She, and she was amazing. She was this little... Are you sure that wasn't a heavy metal band from L.A.? <laughs> she, she was this wonderful... It wouldn't surprise me at all if she just like quietly played, you know, rock guitar in her spare time or something. She was this feisty little nun. She was amazing. She lived to be 100. I'm writing it down. Good for her. Yeah, she was That's... ace. Yeah, I found Scholastica when I was looking up how nuns get their names after they become nuns. Like, do they get to pick them or are they assigned them? And I guess it just depends on the order. Depends on the order, I think. That sounds like a weird just so story, though. How the nun got its name. Like, how the elephant got its trunk. (laughs) Well, there are some orders where the newest nun gets the name of the most recently deceased nun. You see, that's creepy. And also, it almost suggests that I mean, that almost suggests that they believe in reincarnation, which is totally unnunnish. Or that they're just too lazy to remember names. Or there's that. Or, or you go to, I mean, <laughs> oh, in, the names aren't important. Or they're all just called Sister Mary, but they're all just different Marys. Because yeah. that's the that's Sister Act. And there's a, there are convents, aren't there, where they're all Sister Mary. It's Sister Mary mm-hmm. so-and-so and Sister Mary. Did you know, sorry, I've just looked at weirdest patron saint. There is a patron saint of fireworks. Saint Barbara is the patron saint of fireworks. <laughs> and there is a patron saint of the internet. So they should have named Catherine after after him. Yeah. Because they should have named her after whatever the patron saint of people who do all the work is. Patron saint it's probably Martha, isn't it? Who does all the work? Is that Martha or Mary? Whichever one it is. Uh, the patron saint of the internet is Saint Isidore of Seville. I'm oh. gonna stop now. I've got loads of these, but um Isidore. Hey, you over there, you can walk. Let's do some sweet. There's a patron yeah, saint on, of unattractive people. Isn't that subjective, <laughs> though? He's it's Saint Drogo, the patron saint of unattractive people. Maybe he was unattractive. Drogo? Drogo. Saint Drogo. That sounds like a Game of Thrones name. It does. I might well, have pronounced it wrong. Anyway, you can mute, mute me at any our, point. Uh, exercises we do at the end of every episode. First of all, we have best corpse. Nice corpse. Ooh. Well, I liked Mother Jerome's corpse. I did. There's something about, <laughs> and there's something about a dead nun. There's something very creepy, and you know, yeah, I do. And she I didn't do. move her eyes. Yeah, she did. She did better corpsing. Oh, like not corpsing, actually. You know what I mean. <laughs> and they keep a picture of her up on the incident wall Go, in their woo! office. Yeah, and it's so she's like <laughs> looking Great. over their shoulder the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas I don't feel like I saw the dead body of the chaplain for long enough. I know we did, but it just wasn't as, you know. Yeah. I'm going with Mother Thomas too. I think I think the the priest had a tougher job as a corpse, but he didn't do it very well. So I'm not gonna give it to him. Uh, I I called her Mother Jerome, didn't I? Why can't why we just can't get these men's names right? You're right, Mother Thomas. We knew who you were talking about. (laughs) And then uh, after the credits? After the credits. So what happens to all these people? So Matthew's going to prison, Uh right? Catherine is running the priory like a a boss. I reckon Catherine's going to run the priory and actually going to make it really... I reckon she will bring in the tourists and all of that. She'll open it up. She'll bring it into the modern age. She'll pray to some Isadora. in the bank. Huh? Everyone kind of forgets that, that yes, the silver was sold, but they got the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think she'll be wise at, you know... I think she'll throw away her broom and her mop 
stop so bleeding money. into the gravy or whatever and tomatoes. You think she shows up for open mic night though? Oh yeah, she's probably got a. She'll have some talent, won't she? Yeah, she tap dances or something. Did you see that clip of those nuns? Mother Jerome could do some mean rapping. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There was a clip that I, I sent Em and Helen last week of nuns doing that, oh, yeah. that dance for charity. I'll send it to you. It was very cute, wasn't it? Good for them. It was so sweet. So, These little Irish nuns. I, I think Duncan will continue to be a jerk. I don't think he'll grow out of it. See, I wonder no. if his dad going to jail might make him grow out of it. Well, but, I think his mum will become a nun, but then they'll send a new chaplain who's really hot and then she'll fall for him and there'll be a big midsummer scandal. And that'll be another episode later on. And maybe Duncan will come back because he was kind of- Do you reckon about the, the girl he was shagging? She's probably- Tamsin Beckwith. Scarred the life, poor old Tamsin. Tamsin. <laughs> <laughs> haven't said much about her. I felt a bit sorry for her. And I thought also he was so sweet to her when he took her for like a- whatever it was, hot chocolate. Oh, that was a good interview. Jones did With the new Barnaby, they're really trying to make Jones appear more sergeant-y. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the way the boys treat her in the hallway, you just feel so bad for her. Yeah. And it's so typical. She's a slag, but he's not, even though he was was so believable. And he was so believable. Well, and Mrs. Barnaby goes, I don't want to have a problem with bullying in the sixth form. I'm like, have you been to high school? <laughs> have you folks seen a thing called Ripping Yarns? No. Oh, my God. You would love uh, Emma, have you seen Ripping Yarns? You yeah. must have done. Yeah. Not so for a while. Michael Palin and Terry Jones post Monty Python. And there's a whole episode that's set in a, a big private school that's meant to be like Eaton or Harrow, that type of school. And the school employs a bully because the middle class parents send their kids there with the expectation that the kids will be bullied and it'll make them into men. And it is such a brilliant... And there's this amazing line about how you can never escape from this um, school. And what the line is, you know, uh, one boy once got 11 miles before he was tracked down and brought ha- brought back by the school leopard. And it's just <laughs> the most brilliant. You I should... have seen that. Oh, I remember it now. So yes. good. I love it. They have a high quality ones. bully. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the they, better in, schools. they interview for the bullies and it's just yes. brilliant. I love it as a concept. <laughs> also, I didn't mention Sykesy the dog. Who I, oh, I, yeah. I love him because he was famous over here. Well, I'm sure you guys know this, but he was famous over here, and everyone, everyone thought his name was Harvey because he was in an advert mm-hmm. for how good adverts yeah. are. We, we <laughs> I love those commercials. When They're Sykes so cute. Introduced, we talk about those commercials. Unfortunately, the lower men thought his name was Sexy, and <laughs> we. Had a whole rant about that. That puts it, the poor dog in a whole different light. <laughs> also, Polly, Sexy, get think, back here. <laughs> Polly, do you think Sykes is a human name for a dog or not? Because borderline. No, I don't think it is. I, I was, yeah, it's a bit like Bill Sykes. Is it named Bill after Bill Sykes or Eric Sykes? <laughs> Which Sykes? I think Bill Sykes. Probably Bill yeah. Sykes more than Eric Sykes. But have we mentioned that we have a dog? No. So we we have a dog whose name is Fanny. Excellent. Oh, that was my great grandma's name, and she was a wrestler. <laughs> Your great grandma was awesome. <laughs> well, our our dog is a, is an English bulldog. So oh, that's it oh suits God. her. I'll have to she send you a wrestle. picture of my great grandma. <laughs> gonna look. She like sounds that. epic. She's been really funny. Fanny's the reason why when we record, usually we record. I'm in the same room with Sarah, but because we're on Zoom, we're doing this. 
we usually have to shut the door to the the office room because Fanny snoring is so loud <laughs> that she can come across on the. Aww. She's that loud. Oh, I did. Uh, on a side note, I looked into crimes committed while dressed as a nun. <laughs> yeah, the best side note. Just the year before last, there were two women in Arizona who dressed up as nuns and they had Bibles that were hollowed out and full of fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. They were dealing drugs dressed That's as nuns. That's amazing. But again, no one's going to. You know, no, you, you could also, you could keep so many drugs under your habit. No one's ever going to say, can I have oh a my gosh, under your Oh my gosh, all the things you could hide. Every, you got to think Dante somewhere yeah. in the afterlife <laughs> going, I did not think of that one. But you would also have kind of a limited range, mm. right? You can only deal your drugs somewhere near an actual convent where there are actual nuns that can yeah, see on occasion. Yeah, because otherwise they think, well, nun just keeps coming 20 miles away from the nearest convent. What's she doing here? Yeah. yeah, that's kind of suspicious. Yeah. But here in Bloomington, um, we have a large Buddhist monastery, mm. um, but I haven't seen any nuns. So you'd have to you'd have to dress up as a Buddhist monk. So yeah. we're going to hide the number of weird things about Bloomington. The Dalai Lama's brother lives, lives here. here. Yeah. Oh, wow. So when the Dalai Lama comes to the United States. He goes to Washington, D.C. because he's a head of state. Mm. And then he comes Bloomington. How cool! Longer. So. <laughs> it's an odd little place. Do we have anything else? I want to know. No, what, I, I want to know what the best crime committed by a nun was, or was that the best one? <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was the Sorry, most Mark. recent one. There were two girls in Pennsylvania who tried to rob a bank dressed as nuns, but <laughs> they they bottled out when the cashier said, "You're not a nun." <laughs> well, doesn't doesn't Barnaby say anyone can? By a nun's habit, and have I just invented this? No, he did say that, didn't he? Anyone yeah, yeah nun says it, so, up, so that's the 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 thing in the episode where they're like, "Oh, that that's the missing piece." That's the yes. epiphany. Uh, Aha! He was in Africa at the same time she was. Yes, you it can buy a nun costume, so obviously it's him. <laughs> yeah. I think at that point I'd written down, why is Barnaby being so obtuse? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening. Um, He's just realized that it was actually um, Mother Julian who sold the silver. Mm. Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, because it could have been any nun. They all, oh. look, they all look alike. They look know? alike, and their names begin with J. Yeah. And, and to, to finish off the after the episode, Peter DeWinter cleans up. Because that's 60K of 17th century silver going to the museum in the United States is not going for 60K. (laughs) And he owns it outright. He bought it fair and square. Oh, yes. So he gets to keep it. Maybe we should keep it trade. (laughs) Mark, did you recognize Mother Julian from the prior uh, Midsummer she was in? Uh, What episode was she in? She's in Written in Blood. She plays Amy Lydiard. Oh, that's right. She plays the so the mousy Rita, woman whose whose who's sister-in-law episode. is the killer. Yeah, she's like uh, psycho killer. Anna Massey plays a fantastic killer in that episode. Did they be cycle actors in Midsummer? The way that they yes. I suppose there are so many episodes of Midsummer now, though. But they eventually. do that in Lovejoy, and there aren't even that yeah. well. Normally, because they're married to Ian McShane, or she was married to. She <laughs> played. <laughs> she played like three times. She played three characters in Lovejoy. Yeah, we don't really you just you just don't worry about it when you see somebody who's familiar in midsummer you just think they're there's somebody new. Yeah. Well, yeah, Barnum you know? 
New Barnaby appears in the episode in the, like the third season as a kind of skeezy character. A Randy Gardner who sells hooch to teenagers. <laughs> Surprise, I'm actually Barnaby. <laughs> he flirts with Joyce. Yeah. Oh. And then, then he shows up as Barnaby in a episode from the previous season. Where they go to Brighton together. Just to just yeah, to sort of situate him as this John, is they're related uh, and now he can just take was leaving. his job. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's still a Barnaby. He's just yeah. a different Barnaby. Yeah. Because if you have a job and a cousin, you can just switch jobs. You yeah. just hand it off to them. Uh, you wouldn't have to change your staff card. Well, you would because you need to change your picture, no. wouldn't you? But... Just cross out the first name and put in the new yeah. one. <laughs> well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys are so fun to hang out with. Oh, bless you. I'm, I'm, I talk far too much. I suddenly thought, I need to shut up. I've got too much nun knowledge. Oh, no. <laughs> let, let me just close out the show and Sorry. then we can chat for a little while. So it, uh, you can find us on Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We also post on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit and anywhere else we find maniacs. Remember, we're trying to get 100,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube so we can get that new community page. So get your children to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. And where can uh, they find Lovejoy actually? You where can, can they find Lovejoy actually? Um, you can find us online on Twitter, where um, Polly is way better at doing the Twitter than I am on Instagram. <laughs> but in both places, we are at Lovejoy Apod. Um, and you can just search Lovejoy actually wherever you get your podcasts. And you should find us and our friend Helen. And we discuss an episode of Lovejoy every other week. And you and can vote for it. us. You can vote for us in the oh, British yeah. Podcasting Awards. We did. We did. Yes. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, I should have written down the URL to read out, but I haven't. So just Google British Podcast Awards. Just British Podcasting Awards. We'll put a link in the we'll show description. The show Thank you. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our next episode is uh, 89. Is oh, it 89? Yeah. 89. <laughs> season 14, episode 88. A rare bird. More bird watchers. Twitchers, bird watchers, they get all uptight about it. <laughs> Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Bye. Thanks for having us. Found some very interesting things. We found a credit card receipt with the number on it from a oh my god a person who was in the crew. <laughs> they used it as a prop. That's amazing. They used it as a prop, and we've also seen a sign that says, "This set is closed. <laughs> Don't touch anything." That's amazing. <laughs> they yeah. left that out. <laughs> they forgot to take it off the set before they started shooting. Whoops. <laughs>